Welcome to Synthaholics. Thank you so much for downloading this episode. Today you have myself, Aaron O'Brien. We have David Duncan. Operation Donkey Balls. And we have Holly Michelle. (laughs) Hello, guys. (laughs) This is your episode, Dave Donkey Ball. I was like mentioning this. We've been waiting for this episode. Been waiting for this for so long. Oh, it's just, it was funny because early on, uh, around the time we did episode. I think it was the first episode. Aaron said he'd watched ahead a couple episodes. I was like, I, oh, I, was, I was like, did you get to the donkey balls part? And and in the chat, Holly and Aaron were like, "What the hell are you talking about, David?" Right? Donkey balls. I and mean, how would you miss that? You can't miss donkey balls. You can't miss ubiquitous donkey balls. That's right. <laughs> you can't. So this episode, we are talking about the episode uh, windmills. And then uh, Salvage. So uh, we'll start off with Windmills. Windmills is uh, ep- Season 1, Episode 7, and first aired January 19th, uh, 2016. And uh, this is where we started off with um, uh, Detective Miller. He's on one of the subway cars. He had just been fired from uh, Star Helix. And he's kind of giving a message Fire to Julie Mao's father. Did either mess- of you feel like this whole thing with him being alone on that car was like... A setup. It was weird. Yeah, because I, I never seen anyone alone on one of those early. I mean, right. yeah, because yeah. you, know. you live there. And stuff. I, don't I don't know what's going on, but yeah, it was kind of odd. And uh, so he's going to get off. So he's, he's sending a message to his father or to Julie's father, saying that she's she's dead and that um, she didn't deserve to die. And uh, it's a very like kind of messed up Heart message. It it is, but he's all over the place. He's not being direct. So I, if I got the message, I'd probably have to listen to it once or twice just to get the uh, just the gist of everything he was saying. Yeah, right. I mean, even even rewatching this episode for the third time, it's hard to catch. This is my third time seeing this episode. I didn't catch everything he was saying. Apparently, he also forwarded this to his partner mm-hmm. because she messaged says she says, "What's wrong with you, dude?" Later on, right? Exactly. Uh, and then he goes, uh, he says he wants to go to the docks, so it starts taking him to the docks. Um, and this is where he's going to go meet up with Anderson Dawes. Anderson Dawes is in this bar, and he's uh, going to go confront him. But first, we're going to jump over to the Rosadante, and uh, they are going to um, their destination and uh, outside Eros. And there's Mars are patrolling, so and they're got the issue that they don't want to obviously be picked up by a Mars patrol because if they do, they might want their ship back. Might want their ship back. I wonder right. how they got their ship, and why did you weld all this junk to the outside of your ship? Um. Anyway, so while they're doing, while they're like kind of like assessing 
their risk factor and everything. Uh, they get a little ping off on the Martian ships, and then uh, they notice there's something broadcasting from the ship, and they uh, they don't know what that is. So they go uh, have Amos check it out, and uh, Amos finds a stowaway hanging out in the uh, inside of uh, Amos, the back end of the ship. Amos promptly breaks his glass on his mask. Like how long was he was in there? How long was he think he was in there? Just I, uh, I don't know how long the trip was so far, but he'd been there the whole time. Right. It didn't seem like it was really more than a day, though. Probably hours. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So uh, we so we find that and strange too. Uh, just in the scene is that um, Naomi tells Amos to check it out, and Amos kind of like pauses, like he's not doesn't listen to her. Yeah. Not so this is the first time we've seen that. This is the first time we've seen that. Amos almost kind of like, mm, I don't know. Well, because and is this after she's already said that she knew about? Yes. Yeah. So he's like his 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 a hundred percent trust in her is shaken a little bit. Right. Right. So that's interesting that we're seeing that right now. So, um, and then uh, we jump over to Montana, and this is where Christian is coming, and she's going to go meet uh, a. a uh, Elisa Holden, and that's James uh, Holden's mother, and biological so mother or birth mother. Bi- since yeah, all, so can, since all eight of them were biologically related to him. Yeah, they kind of all put their genes. I don't know how that works, but uh, that's a expensive yeah. turkey baster. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, we're uh, yeah. So she's she's kind of doing like I don't know. It, um, some intel gathering and she's trying to get information on uh, James and uh, her mother, uh, James mom doesn't know that he's still alive. She assumed that he died. And, right. uh, and so we have this kind of, we find out that they're sort of, um, I don't know if they're revolutionaries, but they're definitely uh, separatist. You know, they don't want to be part of, you know, the, the, the general population government. So they're kind of like want their own thing. And uh, they were kind of raising James to be the leader of that. And James was kind of taken to it, but then also he's a little bit like, eh, We're going to train so. you to be our very own Jay- uh, David Miscavige. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. You're gonna, exactly. We're going to rename this place New Waco. And, New uh, Waco. And you're going to be the leader. Um, we're not going to have running water or toilets or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> what was that place that you're saying? Uh, Chaz, Chad, Chad, yes. right? Uh, it's just the like nation of Ch- the nation of Chaz. Um, and then uh, so we get that real quick, and then we're going to go back Isn't to the restaurant. Did I say Chaz? I don't know Chaz or Chad. I thought it was now Chad. I, now I got to look it up. I thought it was Chaz. Um, we're back at the Rasdante, and uh, the Martians want Chaz. Chaz. Sorry. Okay. Now back to the expanse. The expanse. Um, so the Mars, uh, Mars get they get the calls. They're gonna they're gonna um, send a boarding crew, and um, so they're sending that over, and they're freaking out, and uh, this is where they're gonna take the stowaway on uh, on the ship, and they're gonna throw him out. They're gonna put him in the airlock. Amos wants to space him so bad. Yeah. Uh, so the guy that they find is called Kenzo. Uh, Kenzo is uh, sort of like a um, corporate spy, but 
It's the uh, spy it, that uh, Christian, Christian, yeah, blackmailed yeah. that guy to um, right. to to put on their ship. But then he had to take off apparently because um, he's gotten uh, maybe too much information or got got kind of discovered. So uh, yeah. So anyway, so he's uh, so. Uh, Amos just wants to get rid of him, and this guy Kenzo basically is like, "Oh man, this uh, Amos is like a psycho." So I think he's kind of like freaked out because uh, he does, he's not going to he doesn't care if he uh, kills him either way. So. Yeah, Amos is impartial to the entire thing. Is like, you know, I'll do what I have to, but I'm pretty sure we're gonna have to kill you. So either way, I'm gonna be the one to do it. So I'll see you later. And uh, the stowaway right. is like. I've got. I can help you with the with the Mickey ship. They call the Mars Mickey's, like Mickey Mouse. Yeah, the Mickey's. Yeah, yeah Mickey Mouse. <laughs> and um, so yeah, so they're going to get boarded. Um, like I said before, then we jump back to series and Detective Miller goes to the docks, goes to the OPA bar, and, uh, and confronts Anderson Dawes. Anderson Dawes basically like, "There's a new beginning for you. You could uh, you could start a whole new life, you know." And he's like. Yeah, I'm not going to do anything with you. You are a brother now. Yeah. And uh, is this kind of, I think, I could be wrong. I mean, other I mean, other than other seasons, but I don't think we see him after this, uh, Anderson Dawes after this. Do we? Yes. We do? We catch him again? Okay. Because mm-hmm. I don't remember seeing him after this, but I could be wrong. But, um, yeah, so, uh, and then uh, Miller basically is like, I'm, uh, you know, fuck all you. And uh, he takes off. So I, I don't know really what that scene did other than just basically he's telling uh, Anderson Dawes, you know, go fuck yourself. Well, we don't <clears> see <throat> him a ton, but we see him in season two. He, hey, do not ruin shit for me. He is I don't care. Player. I don't want to know. <laughs> right. Oh, it's a podcast about the expanse, though. <laughs> yes. About the current episodes we are discussing. That's right. I'll leave. I can leave. You guys want to talk about future? I'll leave. Talk about the future. Let's go back to the future. All right. Well, uh, and uh, there was a uh, um, Dawes says that he's fighting for Miller, and then uh, Miller goes, "That's funny. That were you, were you fighting for me when you tried to toss me out the airlock?" And uh, so basically, he's just calling him on his bullshit. Period. So um, then we jump back to Montana and. Um, just talking about uh, Jimmy and uh, James Holden and his background and just back and forth between Christian and James mom and finding out like we, she told James that she wants him to wanted him to get out of there. Like don't stay here anymore because it's good for you. And um, because she was seeing all the pressure that he was going, they're putting him under to basically be the, the new leader of this whatever you want to call their um, breakaway. New Waco. Yeah, New Waco. And he, uh, yeah, he, uh, so he goes and joins the Navy. So that's it. Um, That's where we find out. But then we also find the Navy. And we we (laughs) find that Christian had, uh, had a son who was a Marine who uh, she wanted him to join the Marines. So then she said that was the first step in public service. Like do your, do your duty. Uh, and then you can move up, you know, to whatever you want to do after that. I'll pay, but unfortunately, your, I'll pay for your schooling if you go into the military. Yeah. <laughs> and so unfortunately, uh, he, he he did serve, but unfortunately he was uh, killed 
uh, in service. So he was, um, what was it? It was, um, it wasn't Eros. It was, um, I can't remember the, the planet they was killed on or the moon, but anyways, he was killed. And so it was funny because Holden's mom's like, Oh, I didn't know that. You know, it's just, it's not something I usually open with or something. Right. Like that. So, I think she just used the word lead, but yeah. Yeah. Lead with, and you know, Christian just constantly is blowing me away that she is, she's just tough, you know, and I, fierce. yeah, I, it's, it really blows me away sometimes the stuff that she uh, is capable of doing, but she finds out more information about him, about James, because she's basically saying, I've got all these factions, the OPA, Mars and earth all like looking, like heading towards war. And James seems to be in the middle of it. And I want to know what I'm you know, dealing with. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah. What kind of person uh, is he? I need to understand him. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, if she's going to try and stop a war with Mars when he's saying that Mars, you know, took down the cant mm-hmm. until he recants that statement. Mm-hmm. She's got to she's got to consider all possibilities that he's a terrorist or, you know. Right. It's exactly. Tough. Yeah. There's a lot going on there. And yeah, so from there, yeah, so the Rastante uh, is going to be boarded. And this is where we get this whole thing about them trying to find this Dave's donkey balls things where they're trying to find uh, these code words. They're, yeah, c- c- command codes. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Alex tells a story about he was uh, flying and the, uh, there was a ship that said donkey balls. And then. We were getting ready to board them, and then whenever they said donkey balls, we just like turned away, and no explanation was given. We just assumed it was it was black ops stuff, right? Right. right. And the and stowaway so have, knows about that kind of thing, right? And so there's a operations locker that they have to get into, and when they do that, then they have to, um, you know, like uh, there's like a a twenty four pin passcode. Yeah, twenty four pin passcode. They have to break into it, and there's these like uh, like automatic locks, uh, magnetic locks. If you try to cut the power and stuff like that, so they just can't do it easily. And while as the Mars ship approaches, they're trying to break into it. So, um, which yeah. the Mars ship only went after them because of Dingbat's signal yeah. that he was transmitting down to Earth. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Kenzo trying to get information out of the ship. So. So from there, um, they they uh, actually uh, do get that information out of it, but it takes them a while. And just when their like docking collar is attached to the Rasdante, they um, they get the um, the codes out and they read them out. And he even throws out throws out donkey balls, <laughs> ubiquitous donkey balls. <laughs> yes. So uh, and they're just like, okay, we'll see you later. Good luck. Have fun. Right. And uh, and then uh, Miller decides he's going to leave uh, Siri. He's, uh, he's going to take off because uh, he's, uh, you know, he doesn't have a place there anymore. So he's going to go to Eros where uh, Julie was last, you know, her last known whereabouts were. And uh, he's... Uh, Hot on the trail of up- Anubis. Yeah, he meets up. Uh, he meets up with uh, Octavia, and she wants to come with him. But he's like, "Nah, ain't gonna happen." So, I'm in love with a dead girl. You can't do it for me anymore. You're too alive. <laughs> too, too alive. 
<laughs> and uh, uh, also uh, forgot to mention that uh, back at the UN, Christian is given a report to the um, uh, air right, and uh, they're basically uh, find out that um, her friend was uh, was killed or killed himself. Or was that next episode? No, I think that was uh, that was this episode where they find out that they. Uh, no, no, that was the next episode. I apologize. I think at this point she's been told that um, uh, her spy hasn't reported them in X amount of hours, so they just need to kill the Rosinante. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. They're gonna. Yeah. He's gonna. They're gonna go to Eros and get rid of him. Right. Gotcha. And so that's that's the end of this episode. And then we jump back uh, to the next episode is uh, Salvage. And uh, this is uh, where, uh, like we said before, that the uh, uh, airite's going to use the Black Ops team um, uh, to get rid of uh, James Holden and crew. Uh, but they're also sending a ship to uh, Tycho Station to see what kind of stealth tech. Because they still think that uh, Fred Johnson's building this, this stealth program. That's, uh, that's the working theory. It's not Mars because of uh, what's going on, because of what they found out from uh, Franklin DeGraff. But then we find out right after that that uh, DeGraff was uh, killed himself after him being uh, losing his uh, position as ambassador to Mars. Hey, he wanted to retire on Mars with his husband, and he can't do that no more. No more. No more. Because of Christian. It sucked. <clears throat> yeah, she, she screwed him over and... Um, Cost uh, him his life on... Mars and apparently it was enough to make him want to kill himself. Uh, she and she, you know, she continues with the meeting, but it's uh, obviously you can tell that she's kind taking of taking a toll on her. Yeah, he's a family friend of, uh, you know, so yeah, for years exactly. And then uh, we're gonna go uh, jump over to uh, Detective Miller. Now he is on Eros. He show or no, I'm sorry, he's not on Eros. He's on the f- uh, flight to Eros. And he's uh, a part uh, sitting across from uh, a Mormon person who is uh, going to be a passenger on the Nauvoo. Nauvoo is going to another star system in the future while after it gets built. And the Mormons are going on this 100-year journey. And they're kind of talking about what happens if you go there and there's nothing there, you know. And, uh, you know I guess we'll just talk- have to live on the Nauvoo forever. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, uh, so it's kind of an interesting uh you know, exchange between the two. We got to go find the new planet. New, new Salt Lake City. New, new Salt Lake City is right. Uh, the Rosadante uh, finds their asteroid that they're looking for. And this is where they find hiding on there is the uh, stealth ship that uh, destroyed the camp. This is the Anubis. And um, so they have, they're going to go in and investigate that. So this has been uh a dormant ship that's hiding on the side of, or like in a uh, crevasse inside this uh, uh, asteroid, just floating out in space. So, um, and all the airlocks have been opened up in this thing. So, pretty strange. Not at all. <laughs> Not a weird. Bad idea to kind of go poking around. Right. That's their job to go poking around. Oh, you know. I should just back up just real quickly. Uh, when we were back on windmills, the one thing I, I forgot to mention is that um, when the Martians were looking like they were going to board the Rosadante, we had this standoff between uh, James Holden and Amos. Uh, Amos was ready to just take oh, yeah. out, going to take out the two guys that uh, the two Martian uh, guys once they came through the airlock, and 
Ajima was like, you just can't just kill them. Like, just, just you know, how many, how much blood do you want in your hands? And he's, and Amos is like, it's us or them. What, what do you, you know, what do you want us to yeah, do? He's like, I don't yeah. want to spend my life in a, in a Martian gulag. And right. James Holden pulls a gun on him. And Amos is like, yeah, you got a shot. Take it if you need to. <clears throat> right. So yeah. Amos is kind of. Like, After we call conviction. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, and, and Amos mm-hmm. is kind of calling his bluff. I mean, we don't know if he would have actually pulled the trigger, but, you know, he could have pulled the trigger at any moment, but Amos didn't flinch. Right. So. Yeah, and, and then and then after it was over and they got the donkey balls off, Amos turned and like, oh, I guess that worked out then. All smiling and kind of happy. It was kind of funny seeing Amos smile. And then, like, later uh, in the episode, Holden's whispering to Nomi, get your dog back on his leash. Yeah. Get control of yeah. him or he's off. Right, right. Anyways, so yeah, so that's that's what that what happened back then. So there's still like this, definitely stress between the crew, especially with Amos kind of being this loose cannon, you know, of, of violence within the crew. So, um, so like, uh, yeah, Miller is in Aero Station, and he wants to go find this uh, uh, the ship that's. Um, registered the Anubis 1A. He got that tip uh, before from uh, from one of his old friends, that uh, a cop that works on Aerostation, and he's looking for the register, uh, the person that's registered to is Lionel Polanski. And uh, this is uh, one of the survivors of the Scopoli, and he goes to the... Um, Goes to the uh, dock master who's like obsessed with like one of these Candy Crush games or something like that. It's like mm-hmm. really weird. It's like yeah. he's like, God damn it, I lost my money on Candy Crush. And and Mo's mm-hmm. like, Hey, I can I can buy you a round of Candy Crush if you want. And then he just beats his ass and and uh, steps on his neck to get the information he wants. So and he finds out, like you said, that uh, the Nubus One A is uh, registered to Lionel Platsky. And then he goes and- to jail. <laughs> Speaking of stepping on people's necks, so many things that I have seen in the last five episodes that we've watched are kind of present today, like rioting in the streets and police brutality. And I'm just like, oh, my God. (laughs) <laughs> These are themes that they're just touching on everything, and this ha- this is probably all written like this is from 2015. Well, the, I mean, the books longer. the book was written in 2012. Well, yeah, the books so. are older, yeah. So I'm just like, yeah. oh, like I mean, are you saying human nature problems. doesn't change? No, it doesn't. We've had these problems for years, <laughs> so I mean, it's not surprising. But I just was like, oh, it's interesting that we've decided to kind of cover this series at recently yeah and and all of these all of these things like the virus whatever this thing is that you know it's just like everything is like not fully mirrored but i'm just like whoa wait a minute get off get off of his neck like i was just like oh my god there's definitely there's definitely echoes yeah yeah Yeah. it's it's so funny that we're talking about the expanse now as this stuff is happening we had no idea like we decided we were going to do this before i mean like i mean the virus is already here but i mean like the other civil unrest stuff didn't happen until we'd already decided to do this and now it starts happening and it's like oh wow this is becoming poignant yeah isn't it isn't it let's hope we don't talk about i am legend <laughs> Crazy zombies. There will be maybe that's or what will be v- famous. Whatever we talk about will be just happen. like that's what's happening. Or There'll V for Vendetta. Oh, v for geez. Vendetta happens uh, in twenty. Oh I think I think it takes place in twenty twenty and after a pandemic and there's civil unrest. So tw- uh, V for Vendetta is also. Um, we should. Uh, 
there'd be an interesting a uh, a podcast that whatever they talk about starts happening. Right. Uh, we should like change weird... our name to The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Well, well The, the Simpsons, Simpsons did awesome. like it has like thirty episodes, uh, thirty seasons. So they've they've been able to throw a lot. They've pre- yes, they've... throw a lot of things at the wall to yeah. see what sticks. And they yeah. predicted the future a bunch too. And Star Trek has kind of predicted the future a little bit sometimes. And hey, you know the two are the two authors of the Expanse. They are also predicting the future kind of with their sci-fi work. I mean, I mean history repeats itself. Yes. Well, where do we leave off? Uh, uh, stepping on his neck. Oh, stepping on his neck, and then he goes gets thrown in prison. But his his buddy comes and busts him out. This is uh, his friend Semi, who who was with him at Ceres, but some reason uh, lost his job as a cop on uh, Ceres and came to Eros. So that's. But he gave them his hat. The hat, yes. Where his hat is. He wants to know And, and now we're like, oh, that's why he left it. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to give the hat back. It's man. <laughs> So, uh, finally, uh, uh, Semi gets this information uh, for Miller, basically that Lionel Plasky uh, is uh, uh, oh, it, that from the uh, the Nubis One A, and that uh, he has a picture of Julie Mao uh, or a like, video of her, and that she he knows that she checked in at the Blue Falcon Hotel, and then Miller takes off to uh, go check that out. Back in the Rosdante, uh, they go to. Exp- uh, explore the stealth ship and uh, other than Alex who's kind of monitoring uh, like staying with the uh, Rosdante everyone else boards it uh, the stealth ship like I said it's all like there's no atmosphere so they're all in their spacesuits and Holden and Naomi go check out uh, engineering Amos and Kenzo uh, goes up to the, the uh, op center of the bridge and um, they decide they're going to turn on the power to get it so they can see more, so they turn on the lights. What they don't realize is that the whole engine is taken over by this uh, weird uh, biological weapon. Blue goo. Grown. This is our first good look at what Julie Mao screamed at in the opening scene of the show. Right. Exactly. She doesn't scream blue goo. Blue goo. Blue jizz. Oh, come That's why on. she goes for the blue falcon. <laughs> When they turn everything on, they realize this thing starts coming to life, and we see little hints of it as they're going. They see like the it's uh, uh, like roots or tentacles spreading through the ship starts coming to life. Uh, so uh, during that time, uh, Amos and Kenzo gets uh, a safe. Uh, they pull that out of the ship's deck or uh, out of the wall, so they keep they take the safe with them because they can't open it right there, and. Um, at the same time, they you know when they're turning on the uh, the engines, trying to see what's going on with the ship, if they can get some power to get to the, the logs and any other information that's on the ship's computers. But when James and Naomi go to a closer look to see what this weird thing is, you know, in the in the engine reactor, um, Naomi thinks that it might be some kind of like stealth tech that kind of like leaked out all over the place. Like some kind of like what she said, like uh, nano particles or something like that. Like, like it might have biotech or something yeah. like that. But then all of a sudden, when they get close to it and the and the reactor is turning on, she sees it cut, like come alive and start moving. And that's when she tells uh, you know James to get the hell away from it. They uh, get some distance apart, and they really and Naomi feels like this thing's actually alive. So she's pretty freaked out. So uh, they get off the ship as fast as they can. 
they decontaminate themselves. And when they get on the ship, on the Razdante, they fly away and they decide they're just going to just blow the thing up. They're going to shoot a missile at it and get rid of it. And, no more uh, blue goo. So in Kenzo, the, the spy is sort of like, don't you want to keep this? This is like a great bargaining chip. You should really like, like, nope. Whatever, whatever we saw on there is got real to go. quick. I have questions. Yes. So did either of you, when you watched David, do you watch this um, when it came out or did you start watching this recently? I, I watched it years ago. I watched the first season years ago and okay. I didn't remember how far I got, although I did. I think I did finish the first season, and then I rewatched okay. it like a, a couple weeks ago, and then I rewatched this episode a couple days ago. Do you remember? And Aaron, same question for you. Do you do you remember feeling like you had an idea of what ex- what was happening before they oh, let I on? I, I I didn't get this far ahead, and honestly, even when I've watched these, you know, this from the first time, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know that this was even going to be a a thing. Because, Dave, what about you, David? Uh, I mean, I just thought it was weird. I didn't. I mean, I didn't know where it was going to go. So, as I mean, I guess I'm just stupid and weird. But I was like, oh my gosh, okay, this all has to do with energy, and so. You know, the ship is completely shut down and she's like, I'm going to go up and, and, and kick on the lights. And I'm like, oh, that could be a really bad idea. And like, <laughs> uh, but, but let's wait and see. And so they get into the into the room and it's all sitting there and I'm looking at it and I'm like, OK, that's a reactor. So if the reactor kicks on, all that shit's going to get energized and come back because we did see uh, a bit of the reactor in the first couple of seconds of our first couple right. minutes uh, the, of episode one. And right. I'm like, all right, this, yeah. this fucking reactor. Okay. And then they're like, let's nuke it. And I'm like, with more energy. <laughs> what? I, and, but maybe, yeah, but maybe the explosive energy is not good. So I, I mean, the whole ship is vented. It's not like the vacuum of space. You know, I don't know. I was just like, oh Vacuum my god! Space You're... didn't hurt it; it just made it dormant. It was sleeping. Exactly, exactly. So, like, um, vaporizing it can kill it, though. I understand wanting to destroy the ship, but but after seeing this being and and like, really, you just you just set all of this virus in motion out into the to the inner workings of space. You just wanted John Luc Picard really? to come and well, talk good... to it. It's like, maybe what? it's alive. He just wanted Jolly Picard <laughs> to come talk to it and be like, oh, it's alive. It's a life form. We can't kill it. We can't have to understand it. it. <laughs> well, then, I was just so irritated. I was like, are you really like going to nuke it? Like, I mean, I understood taking care of the ship, but at the same time, it propelled all of this virus out into the universe. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm we don't know. So like, I mean, mad. hopefully most of it was incinerated, but I mean, it is possible that parts of it just flew out in space and still viable. Mm hmm. It's really uh, so hard to find small things in the vacuum of space. I mean, like they were saying, it was hard for them to find the ship unless they knew they were looking for it. So, I mean, I don't know, it's right probably right. it just has to drift into somebody's friggin' gravitational pull and then drop down onto the planet. Well, let's just hope they incinerated the whole thing. But who knows, right? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's probably not. I mean, I don't know what their um, payload is for those. What's uh, in the box? Missiles. <laughs> was that a seven reference yes well what's in, what's in the safe what's in the safe um so then uh the rest uh, Ras Dante decides they're going to head to eros 
and they're going to search uh, search for the Lionel Plasky, who was the person who had survived. Uh, <laughs> it kind of sounds like you're saying rhinoplasty. Rhinoplasty. <laughs> Even though you're saying Lionel Pulaski. <laughs> Pulaski. And uh, this is when they get to when they get to the Blue Falcon Hotel. This is uh, they heard. Um, Kenzo is doing things like he's sending messages through his like uh, his contact lens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And <laughs> contact. Get it. <laughs> and so he he uh so he's basically calling for help and this is where help me, we get like help me. <laughs> help me. Help me. He's surrounded by psychopaths. And so we have a firefight in the uh, uh, Blue Falcon um, lobby. Oh, all these under eight undercover agents just start shooting. But Amos notices them, and Amos unzips his suit, ready to pull his gun. No, no, he's like totally, totally aware. He's like watching this whole thing come down, and he's like, okay, situational awareness. I'm like, okay, check. I'm starting to like you more, Amos. And he's like watching, but he does nothing. And I'm like, okay, these these people aren't coming in to check in. They just came in to sat down and like look at the vending machine. Just gonna stand there. Yeah, I got a condom out of this thing last week. It's not working today. (laughs) And I'm just like, I mean, he's he he's not a god. He can't expect to be known. Know everything, but I'm just like, this this is like his niche. Like this is what he lives for. So I'm like, okay, he should have really picked up on this a little sooner because I'm watching it. I'm like, okay, that's a bad person. That's a bad person. Oh, great. This is just going to be wonderful. And I'm just, I was really anxious waiting for him to signal or say something and he didn't and I was disappointed in that. Well, Well, if he he signaled, he would have given it away. I mean, he was unzipping his coat so he could shoot them. Right. He was the first to shoot. Before that happened. Yes, but it was like, I don't know. It took way too long. Well, I, 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 yeah, I think two things. One, uh, Amos and James and the whole crew, they're just, they, they're not trained for that kind of stuff. Amos might have a better understanding of it, but everyone else doesn't. Amos grew up uh, in Baltimore, so, I mean, Baltimore is pretty <laughs> shady now. I mean, um, you know. Who knows what it is in the future. It's extra shady. Um, Only thing then, I know when I hear Baltimore is the Hairspray musical. um so uh and then on top of it i i like this this scene a little bit because it's like Mm nerve-wracking because you know you know that they're they're so close to to finding julie and you know that uh you know somebody's on their way to stop them but you don't know how it's going to play out so it was kind of interesting i like the tension they built into the scene because you see all these people like why are they showing all these random people this is weird and it's, it's almost going slow you, like, again. you knew they were bad well yeah but it was just like it was just like oh which one's really bad like which one are they all gonna be bad is like one of them gonna be bad it was it was yeah. not I, it was a really great way to play out the tension in the in the room yeah right. i was tense yeah. It's a very tense scene. And so after the firefight happens, they're taking shots in the two, especially the two guys that they've got some automatic weapons. So they're kind of got them outgunned. And um, <laughs> this is where Miller Finally, shows up. The, the, the storylines collide. Yes. Miller yes. shows up and he starts blowing these guys away. And uh, for some reason, they uh, Amos and the rest of the guys don't blow away Miller. And they're like, who the hell are you? And, uh, hey, so thanks for the assist. <laughs> and uh, 
they both find out that they're all heading up to the same room, room 22, to uh, find... They don't communicate that, though. They don't, but yeah, it's very I, weird, I was, like, but they, they know... It is a little bit like, let's just go all go up together, but, you know, it's kind of just like... Um, it's so exciting to see this when they finally all meet, and then you're like, oh, cool, now we can kind of, like, collide these two stories together. Yeah, because so. like, the show's been bouncing all over the place, like, Christian Miller, Holden, Christian Miller, Holden, Christian Fred Miller, Johnson. Holden, Fred Johnson, every now and then, yeah. It was just <laughs> like, and now it's like, oh, come on, the, everything's starting to come together. It's kind of yeah. kind of cool. I don't know. I wish I wish there was a little more unity at this point, but I feel like it's good that they're kind of cautious of each other. They but just met. at they the same time, unity. well, that, but but okay, if that's the case, then what you say about them coming together and like teaming up is a contradiction to that. What? So they just they just went together on blind faith. I, I kind of thought I, like mm. I, I thought that part was forced. Obviously, I because like I I would be. You just went through this crazy firefight. This guy showed up out of nowhere, shot these other guys. You don't know who that guy is. Right. Could, and of course he knows Holden because Holden's face is all over the place. So yeah. it does, they don't have any reason to trust him aside from the fact that they say he saved their asses. Right. But he's yeah. also looking for, quote unquote, Lionel. So it's like, mm, but they don't even say that. He's not like, I'm here to find so-and-so or I'm looking for Julie Chow. He's just like, fuck off. I'm going up to room 222 or 22, and uh, you're not going to stop me. Like, that's the only thing that's discussed. So it wasn't even like they have a coming together. So I just, I was, I'm not disappointed because I imagine it's going to happen in the next episode. There's going to have a lot of conversation happening. But I was just like, just follow him up. I mean, I guess, Aaron, what you said about the fact that they're not normally trained for this maybe that's why there's a little bit of what is it naivete they're a little naive to the situation so like maybe they just kind of go with it (laughs) but right i don't know i was like i don't know how i feel about this it it did it seemed a little forced and i was like it's it's not forced the rosinante or or the crew of the rosinante are just are just whisked along by events that are completely out of their control this is just yeah. more of the same. This is not. This is not strange. I we've, agree. I just we've seen I, this I, happen I, over and over and over again. They should have learned from that. But and and I I, I got to agree with Holly. This is the, although I was elated to see because I like Miller as a mm-hmm. character and I was elated to see them all meet up finally. Um, I also was like I don't know if I if I was Holden and crew I don't think I'd trust them. Right. So I would be like, who the hell are nothing. you? He gave them shady sassiness. And Miller is not a trustworthy guy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I like Miller, but no, I wouldn't trust that guy. Right. So um, he's a great character, but. I don't uh, know. I think I would trust him, but. You'd have to get not, to know him to trust him. I, I mean, from seeing how he interacts with people on the outside, like from afar, I would trust him. But if it was like personal, I'd be like, uh, no. Yeah. You find out that he stole your car. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, they all head up to room 22, and when they get in there, they get this horrible smell uh, of basically, what was it, puke uh, and ozone and something else, I forgot. What about but. ozone, yeah. And it's they not- looked like they, they were, there was a fight, but they were like, no, it doesn't look like it was a fight. It looks like they were trying to... Naomi's like, she was turning all the electricity off. Yeah, turn all the electricity off. And then finally they there's this um they realize this has got to be connected to what they found on the stealth ship and they're like don't touch anything whatever you do 
and they get into the bathroom and this is where we see Julie Mao has been taken over by this biological entity. She's yeah, got a pretty got sweet protomolecule pasty on though. Yeah, she's got she's got crystals growing out of her mouth and eyes and nipples. Some, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. So and then Miller's pretty upset when he sees her, so uh, and that's how we end the episode. I don't know who wants to go first. I, let me go first. Yeah, go I, ahead. I am so happy that the crew finally got all together. I mean, yes. with, with Miller and everyone, felt great. Um, I love them going through the Anubis and and like that kind of creepy, uh, you know, ship going through it. You know, this ghost ship they find the stealth I, ship too. Yeah. Like which which we weren't certain it was going to be one of these cool little stealth ships. Right, and uh, it's cool, but then obviously it's got this awful, dreaded, uh, like, you know, virus thing growing inside of it. So it's like, oh my god, what is this shit? Um, you know, and going back to windmills, I thought, uh, you know, Christian really like kind of stole the scene with uh, uh, Holden's mom. You know, kind of like trying to convince her, and just uh, the back and forth banter I thought was really smart how they did that, and you know. I don't know. Interesting seeing Miller finally not be a cop too. Miller is now just out of out of his element, and uh, we'll get to see more of that as time goes on. But it's it's very very interesting to see him like not being in his like a fish out of water now. Oh yeah, know? I mean he was born on Sirius and lived his whole life on Sirius, and now I mean uh, the Mormon even mentions that oh this is your first time flying, like his first time being in space, off, going anywhere. Yeah, it's, it's off 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 Sirius, right? He's yeah. completely out of uh, water. Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting. I and I super enjoy all this. I um, uh, just going back because you know I'm I'm a little further ahead now, and these are still great episodes, no matter what. It doesn't, you know, even though I'm far ahead, I know how things kind of play out a little more. Still, they're just great to watch. The only part I, you know, like where I agree with Holly, I think where Miller meets with the, uh, you know, the Rosadante crew, it's not that. I would. I don't know if I. I believe that. There'd have to be more setup for that or something. I don't know. I don't know how you. I don't know how you do it, honestly. But maybe they're all kind of like freaked out by what happened, and they're just like, "That guy seems like nobody's doing. Let's follow him." We're gonna go with him. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think it was just all shell shock because I mean, I mean, Naomi's not you know been in a war. Holden basically like ducked out as soon as he could. Alex says he kind of just flew a freighter, didn't really see any war. I mean, like everyone's just kind of like. Amos is the only one who's seen like a lot of action. I mean, just from living in Baltimore. Um, <laughs> so I mean, it just it just seems like you know it's like everyone's kind of shell shocked and and they they go to the same place. So well, might as well, uh, you know, let's, let's, let's go let's together. Guys. And you know, I mean, at at first it seems like oh, how does how does um you know. Miller know to shoot the other people, but the other people have the machine guns. I mean, probably they're probably the aggressors if they're going after people with machine guns. So I mean, I, I can see that. Uh, I mean, logic he's a detective. He yeah, but he figured out it yeah. wasn't just Holden who survived the camp. <clears throat> yeah, right, right, right. So he probably has a profile on all these guys. Well, he's probably he saw the video. I mean, two of them are holding him down or trying to pull him away from the. From the recorder, from the webcam, right, right. When he's um, sending the message, so I'm sure you got like a okay. view on them as well. What about you, Dave? What do you think about these episodes? Oh, these are really great. I was so excited to finally see you know Miller meet up with the rest of the gang because you know it, the show the show's great, but it just jumps around so much. It's just it like, does jump around. You just yeah. like 
as soon as it starts to get good, like with like one plot, they just jump around to the next part. It's like, yeah, but come back, come back, let's see, let's see how this unfolds. And it just it jumps around so much, and it's not bad. It's not bad at all that it jumps around a lot. But it's just there's you know the episode's only about forty five minutes long, and like you know you get like a couple minutes of this character, a couple minutes of this character, a couple minutes of this character, then it's over. By the time you circle back yeah. around, you're like, what happened last? Yeah. I mean, it's it's great. Like so much is happening, and all these plot threads are coming together, and it's it's great. Uh, I really love it. I, I love Amos. I, I love how his character is kind of coming out more, where he's like he, like Holly said, the situational awareness. He's he's lost a little bit of faith and trust in Naomi since she you know held you know didn't tell him everything, and and he's uh, Holden's getting scared of him. Yeah, what do you think about? So they're. You know, like they're they're definitely building this tension with Amos, and like you know, first you know, even Holden says, you know, Naomi was right to be scared of you. Yeah. So like, there's like that was a manipulation all, tactic. It was, I agree, but yeah, but it definitely is, and we were wondering, like, like what is what's Amos's thing? You know, like I I never quite and like we even get into it further, and I won't give spoilers, Holly, but like they even question like what is Amos in uh, Naomi's relationship? Right. Like why, why does he follow her blindly? I mean, not so much now, because this is the first time we've seen the kind of like waver, but mm-hmm. like, he's always been like, whatever you say, I'll do it. You know, um, it's just interesting. Yeah. Yeah. There was some kind of friendship, kinship relationship prior to the Kant's destruction that, you know, bonded those two together. And we don't know that yet. And yeah, it is curious, but that's kind of why I didn't really like Amos in the beginning because he fe- he felt like a brainless drone that was literally just doing whatever he was told. But he was kind of a dick because the he was like he went out of pecking order. He was like, uh, "I'll do whatever Naomi says. You can go fuck yourself, Holden." But well, I really, if I can interrupt, is yeah. the one thing we talked about last episode when we talked about uh, expanses was that. The great thing about uh, Amos is that he realizes that some people are better at certain things than he is. Mm-hmm. And he defers to them. Like, he knows Naomi's smarter than him. And he's like, okay, yeah, you got to figure out more than I do. Right. You know, yeah. uh, I, I like that. So. I like that trust that he has. I mean, like, it's it's not something you find often. I mean, like, in a way, he's like one of the best characters in any media. Cause like, he's so trusting. Like, it's just like, he'll like is his friendship and loyalty is like kind of insane. He's, he's a monster and he can be a monster whenever he's given the opportunity. But at the same time, his loyalty and his, and, and, and the way he like defers to people is like second to none. He, he's in any kind of, uh, um, media that I can think of. You know what he's, I mean? Like he's, he's unique on that, yeah. Yeah, I mean yeah. he's like he's like loyal to a fault almost until and until the trust is broken, I guess. It's it's I just pretty, I guess I guess it's just more interesting because most of the time, you know, you get a character and they're like, Oh, I'm the strongest or I'm most cunning out of all of you, so I'll take control. Mm-hmm. And Cause, cause that's, that's that doesn't I, that doesn't always mean that you're good at everything. You know, right. yes, maybe you are the most powerful, maybe you are the most, you know, uh shrewd but it doesn't mean, you know, you know about tech. It doesn't mean you know how to fly the ship, you know. So it doesn't you, mean like, you know how to lead. Yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of cool. It's like a it's like a band sort of thing. Like, you know, you can't have one shitty member of the band because your your band's gonna suck. If you if you have a bad drummer, you're gonna have, you know, terrible rhythm. You know, if you have, you know, a bad bass player, everyone always kind of is like, oh, bass player, what do they do? 
they, they really lock in that beat. And if you don't have that bass player laying down the, a good bass line, you can forget it, man. It sounds your band's going to sound like garbage. Yeah. So it's like you need all the things like working together. Yeah. So and, and this is where he differs from Jane, where Jane is power hungry, Amos is not. Mm-hmm. Which is which is interesting, where he's like the muscle, but he he doesn't want the power. He he, he in fact he actively turns the power away. Right. Exactly. <laughs> interesting. Uh, what about you, Holly? What did you think about these episodes? Well, I really liked uh, to see Christian in more of a, not necessarily motherly light, but in a more, you know, she, she's been so hard and, and you see her in a softer way mm-hmm. in, in, what was it, windmills? Yeah. And, um, you know, she, her whole task that episode was to essentially figure out if Holden was a terrorist or not. And when she discovered that there was no way he was a terrorist and she went back to her government, they were like, well, we don't care. We're going to take him out anyway. Like, and you could visually see that she disapproved. So that kind of gave, gave the, the idea of, you know, systematic breakdown. Is that how it's worded? Um, (laughs) She's definitely a very powerful woman and they know that. But she's disagreeing with that. So I just feel like, I don't know, things are about to shift on Earth as well as shifting elsewhere. And and she's what's great about her is that she's not playing uh, she's not playing the chessboard of the pieces sh- that's right in front of her. She's looking like five moves down. Right. So she knows, like they say, well, we're going to take James Holden off the off the off the game board. She's like she doesn't like it and she voices her opinion. But she she's also like. She's a mistake, and she's going to start playing her parts so she can get things changed. And uh, that's what's great about her. And I know, Dave, I think you said last time we talked about uh, Christian was that you thought she was sort of the bad guy for a long time. But well, yeah, she's, I mean, she starts playing more of the good uh, the good guy because she seems so nefarious. Like she's like this like bureaucrat who's kind of like just throwing her weight around. But oh, there's more to her than that. Yeah, absolutely. At the, at the beginning, I thought she was a bad guy. I mean, like, you know, in the in what an episode like two episodes ago uh where she's like in the fish tank with uh, her son and the guy yeah. like she's blackmailing him and you know she just doesn't seem like a really good person i mean she's a great actress and but like her her motivations are, are really messy and fred johnson's motivations are really messy like uh i think it, that fish just, tank episode was this windmills episode wasn't it, was it? The one before. no it was the one just before it oh. yeah just before so like it's there's there's so many like moving parts and like everyone's motivation like I, it's it's what's interesting about the expanse is like at least the way they presented the show I don't know how they did it in the books but almost everyone is painted as morally gray everyone almost except for Holden he's like oh I gotta be good no matter what but everyone else is like all these different shades of gray and it's like are they a bad guy because I mean I I I definitely thought Christian might be a bad guy at first. Until things started moving, and then it's like, okay, maybe you know, this episode she's like speaking to, the, she's trying to figure out what's going on, and we found out about her past. Her son has been killed, so we get all, a lot of, uh, more information about her in these two episodes, which helps maybe uh, reel it back that maybe she's not so bad. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah, you know, she blackmails her Mars friend, and like you know, makes him lose his job. I mean, like. She does a lot of questionable stuff in the first couple episodes and hurts hurts her friends 
Um, yeah. So it's kind of like, oh, what is she going to do? Like, is she, you know, a good person or a bad person? So it was, it was interesting seeing uh, her, her, her shades of gray start coming more and more white. And less yeah. and less black. You know, and Amos also starts off, like, really gray. I know you and Aaron didn't like him at first, and you started liking him more and more and more. And, I mean, I, to be honest, I, I I was unsure about him at first, too. Like, kind of like everyone. Everyone's like, you know, where do they really stand? Fred Johnson. They really develop his character. Yeah. They yeah. give you not, not full, at least so far in, to this episode, not mm-hmm. so much insight, but they humanize him. Right. Yeah. And they give him depth. Because mm-hmm. the first couple episodes, he really isn't, there's not a lot of depth there, but they were try, kind of trying to get the plot rolling. Mm-hmm. So as the episodes go on, you're able to, to to dig a little deeper, find a little bit of depth. And it's not just that with Amos, it's with all of them. I mean, with Kamal, like he's, you find more out about him as well. Well, episode you know, his three. His family and being a Martian. And yeah. it's just, so... Yeah, we potentially didn't like him at first, and we potentially, you know, were too quick to judge. But that's that's how it is with any show when it's first. But isn't that cool when you find a character you don't really like or something, then all of a sudden they grow on you? Yeah, of course. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, it's the same thing with Bashir. I mean, I hated him for seasons, and he probably was one of my favorite <laughs> episode characters on Deep Space Nine. It's crazy. <laughs> like, he's got an arc, and it's 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 great. And every character's like that and expands. And I, I finished all the episodes so far, and as far as Morley Gray, I feel like I still don't have an opinion on which way uh, Fred Johnson falls. I'm still like scratching my head about him and his, you know, uh, levels of gray. So, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's crazy. And there's other, those, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting how gray everything starts off and some things stay that way and some things turn one way or the other. It's very interesting, especially when mm-hmm. we get, uh, to this other character, I can't wait to talk about her. I got a lot of things, like a lot of initial impressions I had when we first started seeing her, too, which were interesting. So uh, I can't wait to get further into the expanse and meet some of these other characters. And whew, man, this first season is really great, though. It is great, yeah, and nice uh, and the way they're broken up in the books. The book, the book one, isn't even finished until season two. So cool. It's, it's uh, I mean, it, it's kind of a cliffhanger at the end of season one, but. Nice. It's still not well, the, end gonna, of the book yet. It's crazy. We're gonna we're gonna get into all that in the next next episode. So we'll get to finish up season one and uh, see where it all goes, and we'll be all excited to get into season two. So, um, anything else we want to point out just before we wrap it up? I mean, I was still kind of talking. Oh yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, <laughs> I didn't have much to say. I I just I did want to agree that I'm glad that the guys are all together now. You know, with Joe Miller, but you kind of know how I feel about that. So I am glad that there's going to be less back and forth. Oh yeah, that's totally. Well, you know they're just going to go. They're going to find. They're going to find another side story to fucking dick us around with, but it's fine. They're going to find another what story? Another oh, storyline? I thought you said an asteroid and dick us around with that. I'm like, what? <laughs> an no. asteroid? I was like, oh, okay, interesting. No, that was it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm excited for more. It's, it's a it's a great series, and it, it's it's you know like I said, I've seen the whole thing, and even rewatching the episodes, I'm really enjoying it. Um, for a serialized thing, I mean, it's it's a lot a lot more. La- it's pretty layered because there's so much going on, so you're definitely going to catch more stuff uh, the, the more you watch the Expanse. I think. Well, everyone. <laughs> well, that was quite an exhausting 
discussion of the expanse. I'm so exhausted. I'm going to go lay down for a while. <laughs> um, can't wait to talk more. Yeah, no, it's been great. And let's uh, let's get well. This next episode, we'll wrap up the season, season one. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, if you have any other thoughts, corrections, different point of views of whatever we're uh, discussing, we'd no love spoilers. To no spoilers for Holly. All the spoilers. <laughs> we got like two exact opposites here. Um, but yeah, let's uh, you know. Chi- you can let us know what you think. You can contact us on our Facebook page, Facebook forward slash groups forward slash Synthaholics. You can find us there. You can email us at uh, Synthaholics at Yahoo.com. If you want us to read your email on uh, the show, we'd love to do that for you. Um, you can also contact us on our Twitter. Twitter uh, is tag is or handle is Synthaholic uh, Duo. And uh, if this show is something you want to uh, support, please go to our Patreon, Patreon for slash Synthaholics, and you can hit us up there. So uh, we appreciate any support you can give us. All right, guys. It's been great, and I can't wait to finish up season one next uh, next episode. So it's going to be great to see what happens. Ooh, more expanse. Uh, and we've got three more episodes. seasons after that. Woo. <laughs> 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 All right, guys. Well, until then, Dave and Holly, thanks for talking. And all you out there in podcast land, live long and prosper, one and all. Mars, where McCoy, my boy, come mix me a drink. Before the night's over, I'll puke in the sink. And we'll cry till we laugh. And we'll both shit our pants. You're the best drinking friend I ever had. Don't let the proto-molica turn you blue. Don't let it get don't you get, down. Don't get the blues. <laughs> don't get the blues, brothers. 2000, because it wasn't as good. <laughs> cool, guys. Nice. Ice. Ice, ice, baby. It's going. Hello, Holly. Hey, you guys can hear me, right? No. I hear you. You haven't been here in two weeks. (laughs) I was like talking and I was like, okay, maybe they don't hear me. Nobody. There's nobody. Yeah. So, hello. Me, 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 me. I'm a little sunburned, but I'm good. Oh, what were you doing? We spent about an hour on the beach today just laying about. Very nice. Ooh, beat sex. Not beach sex. <laughs> David, never will I ever. Come on. You know me better than this. You said you were looking for wood last night. I thought that you were going to get some. <laughs> no. Let me, let me give you a visual. Sandpaper around your penis kind of works the same in a vagina. Ooh. It all works the same. I thought that's like ribbed for both their pleasures. <laughs> very, very tiny ribs. Yeah, that's not good. Very, very tiny little abrasions. Mm. Yeah. Not fun. Some people not like it fun. rough, though. Like Klingons. Well, no, nobody likes it that rough. <laughs> not even Klingons? That's when they get two decks. That way they can <laughs> sandpaper one and... Uh, Keep the other one nice and moisturized. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they can swap them. Um, well, besides that, how's everyone doing besides uh, 
sandpapering their dicks. <laughs> Man, 